Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thank you for joining us as we begin our series on How, Discovering God's Heart for His People. Today we're going to launch a new series that we've titled How, and over the next seven or eight weeks we're going to really seek to discover God's heart for His people. Over the next weeks we'll talk about how to know God's will. That's an interesting conversation in church, especially according to whichever denominational uh, affiliation that you've come out of. The will of God is is a trippy thing. We're going to talk about how to study the Bible, how to share our faith, how to deal with death. There's going to be a variety of topics that we deal with over the next weeks. Here would be a premise statement, and I want you to ponder this. What we see is important. But how we see it is essential. Some nine years ago, when I first stepped foot on this campus, people said, what did you see? My buddy Chad was in the first service. Steve was a part of this church at that time, Steve Trailer. It's like, what did you see? Well, we saw a church that was named the Oasis. We saw a church that was misguided, a church that was financially broke a church that featured much contamination. What did you see? I saw a group of people when I first got here that was starving for leadership and discipleship and direction in life. What did you see? I saw a lot of great needs. How did you see it? Well, how I saw it was this would become a new culture. It would have a new identity. It would have a new name. The cross would be birthed. Because the weightiest symbol known to humanity is the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul would say, for the word of the cross to those perishing is foolish, but to those being saved, it's God's power unto salvation. We're going to change the name. The culture is going to have to change. This is going to be a place where your story matters. This is going to be a place where restoration and deliverance and healing can take place. What did you see? That's what I saw, but how did you see it? I remember sitting in my office in the Terra, looking out over this field and seeing the road, and I saw this open field, and what did you see? I saw grass and overgrown grass, and I saw beds of ants and different things, and I was like, wow, but how, how, how did you see it? I saw it as a place where there would be a multi-sports field, there would be nice sod, we would have a sprinkler system. I saw where hundreds of kids would be gathering to learn how to play soccer or like football or t-ball, but I saw where kids and families were being loved on and introduced to hope and introduced to the gospel of Jesus Christ. What did you see? How did you see it? All of us see certain things every day. Our what's are, yeah, that's what I saw, but how do you see it? 12,400 days ago, I sent my kids a note a couple weeks ago when I was in Kansas City, and I said, I want you all to know that 12,400 days ago, your dad repented and asked Christ to take over his life. And I sent them some principal things that Father has taught me over the last 12,400 days. But I promise you, if you would have met me 12,390 days ago, what you would have seen would have been a filthy mouth, beer-guzzling, womanizer, 
who just hopped around bars and played baseball. And you would go 12,390 days ago, you would go, wow, he needed the gospel. 12,000, probably 370 days ago, you would go, he don't even know the difference between Job and Job. He don't know how to pronounce it. He don't even know anything about Scripture. That's what you would have seen. You could even fast forward it another 100 days or another 100 days, and what you would have seen would have been a guy that struggled with mind monsters and fears. Who were a, he was afraid to stand up in front of anybody. Oh, yeah, that speech class you had your junior year in college, you remember they gave you a five-minute uh, space and you went about a minute and 40 seconds and you were scared to death. Yeah, that's what you would have seen. But how God saw it what was a guy that's heart really did want to know him and how God saw it was he would raise me up and he would start to give me audience with people throughout the nation and world and he would allow me to take the gospel to places I never dreamed possible. What you see is important, but how you see it is essential. And what you see when you look in the mirror every day is important, but how you see it is essential. And I can promise you 12,400 days later, what I see in the mirror is you are a saint. You're loved by God. You're the beloved of the Father. You're a child. You're a friend. You're a joint heir of Jesus Christ. That's how... I see it, but I didn't have the perspective back then. Numbers chapter 13 introduces us into this what and how narrative, if you will. Numbers chapter 13, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Hey Moses, send men, one from each tribe, the 12 tribes, send them to spy out the land of Canaan. And then the Lord said, I'm going to give this land to the people of Israel. Moses sent them out to spy the land. And he said, y'all go and see what the land is like. And go and see whether the people are strong or weak. And see if there are few or many. And, and, and look at the land and tell me if it's good or bad. And whether the cities or camps or strongholds. And whether the land is rich or poor. Y'all go check out the land. Just go and see if there's any trees there. Y'all go spy it out for me. And, and be of good courage. Bring back some of the fruit of the land. So they went. They spied out the land. They cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes. Emphasis, two men had to put it on the pole. This one cluster was so weighty and so uh, bountiful that it took two of them to carry it. They also brought back some pomegranates and figs. And at the end of 40 days of spying out the land, they came back and said, Moses, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. How ever. We went there, and we saw, and we took some notes. How ever. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And we saw the descendants of Anak there. We, we, we did what you told us to do. However, next verse, but Caleb. Caleb's name means courageous one. Courage of the Lord. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are 
able to overcome it. Caleb, do what? You heard their what? Yeah, I heard their what. But let's go take the land. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go against them. They're stronger than we are. And they brought back a bad report. Oh, the land, we've gone to spy it out. It devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw there, they're, they're tall and they're strong. And we saw the Nephilim, which are the giants there. And we seem to ourselves to be like grasshoppers. And we seem that way to them. They're big, they're strong. They're going to they're gonna squish us. And they're, they're going to kill us. And they're going to devour us. Here's what I want you to think about. What did they see? They all saw the same what? They all did. And a lot of times as we go through life, hey, tell me what you saw. Well, here, here, here's what I saw. And what you see is important, but how you see it is essential. What, what did you see? It's a land flowing of milk and honey. I mean, there's a lot of cool fruit there. People are strong. They all had the same what. But how they saw it was the game's changer. How they saw it changed the game for them. Was it a problem or was it potential? And as you go through life right now, whatever you face this last week, even these last few days, this last month, this last year, I promise you how you see it is going to determine whether you flourish or whether you function or whether you fail. Caleb, let's go. Let's overcome. Let's take the land. But the other 10, mm, we can't do it. They're stronger than we are. Their how was focused on man. Look at, look, look at man. And sometimes we empower man, and sometimes we only listen to the voices of man. And sometimes we become slaves of what man has said. We just look around at man. Look, look. We're inferior. We can't do it. That's the next piece. We seem like grasshoppers. Man, we were so inferior. Their, their focus was on themselves. Look, they're going to devour everybody. Their focus was on their inadequacies. And so many of us stay prisoners, locked up to a prison of fear and self-protection and self-absorption because all our how is just on what we can see. How do you see it? We're going to get a lunch handed. How do you see it? We're no match for them. And can I tell you something? It's hard to reason with a person who has a faithless how. Caleb, what's up? Let's go take the land. What was your how, Caleb? Uh, uh, my God's bigger. My God's stronger. My God's faithful. My God is trustworthy. My how is focused on God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who will raise the dead. Caleb had a different how because of his perspective being God-focused. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24 says, my servant Caleb has a different spirit in him, and he's followed me fully. He's followed me completely. I'm going to bring him and his descendants into the land. What happened to the other guys? 
What happened to their descendants? They all died in the wilderness, which speaks to us as men of our household. We set the tone. And so many times we set the narrative of where the next generation is going to go. Are you going to live by faith or are you going to live by fear? Do you see what you're going through? It's just being problem or do you see potential? What, what do you see every day? Eyes that look are common. Eyes that see are rare. What do you see and how do you see it? What are you going through today? What are your circumstances? Self-inflicted, maybe even inflicted by others. But how do you see it? Are you going to stay in a prison of bitterness? You're going to stay in a prison where you have to stay in control? Oh, you've built walls where you don't get hurt anymore? You're not going to let anybody in, but you're not letting yourself out? Oh, you've been violated and hurt enough that you're in self-protection all the time? Life's hard. And if you bought into a thought process that when you were born, this was a five-star resort, sorry. It's not. This is rough here. There is adversity and there is persecution and all kinds of things. But the scripture says, Caleb, I love this, had a different spirit. He had a righteous how. Because he had a resolved why. Think about it. You've got to have a resolved why. One of the things that separates biblical Christianity from all other religions is in the world is this one thing, the focus and attention given to the heart, the motive and the why. Even scripture says man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart, which implies God cares what you do, God cares how you do it, but God cares why you do what you do. And I started pondering even more in the life of Caleb. And I'm like, man, his why motivated his how to have greater vision. He saw things like God saw things. He saw potential. He just didn't see problems. He saw potential. He had solutions. He believed that God was going to do something. And so many people, Steve, get stuck because their how is so fleshly, so carnal, meaning you just function out of the natural. He looked beyond the obvious. His how I'm telling you, it was motivated by his why, and it, great, it gave him greater faith. And without faith, you can't please God. When you fix your eyes on the obstacles in your life right now, fear will destroy you. And there's so many people sitting in this room right now that are locked up and devastated by fear. God desires for you to see life through a spiritual lens, through the Word of God, through its truth. And over the next weeks, we're going to look at how powerful the Word of God is. But how do you see it? How, how do you see life? How do you see what you're going through today? When you look through a human lens, I promise you, you will focus only on what's in front of you or maybe what's just behind you, and you will focus on danger and difficulty, and you will put a lid on yourself, a ceiling on yourself. You can't grow anymore. What do you see? I see a, a jacked-up dude, man. His arm's spent, but how do you see it? Well, Lord, I see, I see that you're going to do something in and through me I never dreamed possible. I don't know how it's going to happen. Well, what are you going to do? 
I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to turn on his light and just light the path just enough for me to take the next step. And I'm going to trust that the Spirit of God is going to give me enough faith and courage to take the next step. And then after I take that step, I'm going to trust that after one day, I'm going to walk two days. And after two days, I'm going to walk three days. And after three, I'm going to walk four. And all of a sudden, I'm going to be 12,400 days down the path. And I'm not going to even be able to believe where he brought me from. But I took that first step. Yeah. Because... When you walk by faith like Caleb did, it sees the win. There's going to be adversity. It sees a good report. People that walk by faith introduce other people to God. People that walk by faith bring the vision into reality. They move people from here to there. And Caleb was able to do that. God is faithful. God has promised. God said he's going to give the land. We're going to go take it. But they're bigger, they're stronger, these fortified walls. I'm telling you, they're going to eat our lunch. We're going to go. Yeah, then go. You you can't fight that giant, David. He's bigger than you are. No, but my God is with me. Oh, y'all better bow to Nebuchadnezzar, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, because he's going to mistreat y'all and throw y'all into the fiery furnace, even if we're to die. We're not going to bow to that. Our God is able. And I think a lot of times our how we see things is limited based on human lens. Can I tell you, when you study the life of Caleb, his why motivated his how to have greater endurance? This cat had lived in the wilderness. The people of Israel had grumbled and complained, and they were griping about all kinds of crap. You want to talk about conversation around the campfire? This dude lived in a locker room of negativity. But he saw things the way God saw them. And even after all those years of wandering in the wilderness, Joel, and he heard all the negativity, he kept his focus on the Lord. No, God, you've promised. No, God, you said you're going to come through. Some of us can't handle 40 minutes of being around negativity. And some of us can't handle 40 days. Think about 40 years of wandering. Oh, same old tired man every day. What they saw. But how he saw it was, look at God providing again. And I promise you right now, how you see things is going to be crucial. It drove his ability to encourage others. Hey, y'all, listen, I I know what we all saw, but let me tell you how you need to see it. He tried to motivate the masses, and some of us need to be motivated today. Hey, Hey, God is for you. God believes in you. God loves you. God can do exceedingly abundantly above anything you can ask or think. And Caleb believed God and believed God's promises and walked into the promised land, walked into the land of Canaan. But you have to personalize it and say, oh, oh, stop. What do I need to do right now and what do I need to fix right now to get my eyes off of problems and to get my eyes on God's promises? You're going to look at something and you're going to see something. But how are you going to see it? Oh, life's tough. I mean, you do need to stop and go, how do you see your circumstances? 
How do you see your present now? How do you see your future? How, how do you see what you're going through? How do you see your marriage? How do you see your health? Because how you see it is going to be the game changer. You're either going to focus on problems or you're going to focus on potential. You're either going to focus on your abilities to try to meet whatever needs you've got or you're going to really stop and go, Lord, unless, unless you come through, I don't want to do it that way anymore. And for all of us, it would be so healthy to raise the, the flag of surrender. Nick and I were talking about this this week. It's like how many people do you know still have the permission inside their hearts to dream. Some people have been beat up and shamed and guilted. You're no good. You're worthless. You're never going to amount to anything. And, and people have beat you down, and they put such a lid on your dream ability. What do you want to do? If you could do anything on the, on the planet based on how you think God's wired you, if you could do anything for the glory of God, what would you do? I mean, I'm talking about if you could do anything and chase after anything and really become that fully alive person in Christ, what, what would you do? Then go try it. But I'm afraid I'm going to fail. You probably will, but you'll learn and you'll grow and you'll press in and lean into the Lord more. And so many of us just, we hit play and it's Groundhog Day and we play the same day over and over and over. Risk it. Go for it. Chase it. Try it. God is greater than anything you face. Go for it. You believe it? Yes. If what we saw was the definition of every human being, nobody would ever have a chance of being used by God if we didn't have the right lens. Abraham, dude. Look at you. Look at you, Abraham. You, 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 you didn't honor God. Oh, you hooked up with Hagar. You got her pregnant. Ishmael and the whole stinking nation of Islam has been birthed through that one. You're 100 years old. Your girl's 90. You fried. You're done. What, what do you see? Washed up? God goes, no, I'm going to open Sarah's womb at 90. They're going to laugh, thinking I'm nuts, but I'm going to bring about Isaac, a joyful one, but I'm going to call this dude the father of faith and the father of many nations because he's going to be willing to step out and trust me because what he sees is impossible, but how I see it is going to be beautiful. Oh, what's your name? My name's Jacob. Oh, you stinking liar. You just like to lie. You've lied about everything all your life. That's what you would see. How do you see him, God? Oh, I'm going to change his name from Jacob, liar, deceiver, to Israel, which means one who will struggle and wrestle with God. I'm going to change his name. I'm going to call his descendants a chosen people. Go out and look at the sand. You're not going to be able to count everything I'm going to do through this dude. Oh, what did you see? How did you see it? Oh, you're going to use him? Even the one that we read about in Numbers 13, this dude stuttered. He was afraid to talk. He was absolutely a train wreck when it came to being able to articulate thoughts. God goes, oh, let me tell you how I'm going to use him. I'm going to get him along. I'm going to freak him out with a burning bush and get his attention. But later on, hey, Mo, Mo, come here, dude. 
grab that pen. I know you don't like talking, but I want you to pen what is going to be known as the Ten Commands. They're really going to be ten protections and ten principles to protect my people. Come here. I ain't done with you. What do you see and how do you see it? Oh, David, oh, he jacks it up royally. He, he's going to sleep with the woman next door who's married, kill her husband, cover it for a year, and play cool. Then God's going to shatter his economy, use him to write the book of Psalms that shows you and I how to struggle well. Because David seems to be on he, he almost seems to be manic or bipolar with the way he writes. Oh, God, I almost ran away. I didn't even want to go back into your house. I, I was ready to throw the towel in. But, but then you gave me your perspective. And D Danny, he writes the longest thing we've got in Scripture. Oh, you're going to use him, Peter. He's a good one to play off of. I mean, you told him to follow you. He'd already been rejected by other rabbis. He's hanging with you. And when you get ready to go to the cross... He's going to curse and denounce three different times. He don't even know you. Yeah, but I'm going to show up a little later. He's going to be back out fishing with the boys. I'm walking on water. I'm going to get his attention. I'm going to freak him out and tell him to get his butt back over to Jerusalem. And when the day of Pentecost comes and he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to stand up and preach, and 3,000 plus are going to respond to the gospel. Well, he's not that good because he didn't go to seminary, and if anything, his last encounter was one of denying you. What do you see? How do you see it? Oh, her? Ooh, no wonder she came out in the middle of the day to hang with you. That chick's been married five times, divorced, and shacked up with another dude. Oh, oh, but listen, I'm going to give her living water. I'm going to restore dignity in her life. And she's going to run back down into the village and tell everybody who she met and how much she's loved. You, you see, Rock, what we've seen over the years is whatever. But over the last weeks when God started wooing you and pursuing you, he started changing your how. And you started seeing yourself as a sinner who needed a Savior and believed that you were loved and valued. I'm surrendering. Oh, I got good news for you today. And I speak as a recipient. God uses failures. Hallelujah. God uses failures. God redeems. God restores. God gives illumination. God gives revelation. God does that which no man can comprehend. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can conceive what God has in store for those who love him. I just want you to love me. I want you to trust me. And, and I want you to believe that I'm going to change your vision. Oh, I need fresh vision. Oh, I need fresh eyes. I need to see me different. I need to see where I'm at different. Is it a problem? Or is it potential? Y'all saw that little girl come up here with Kara. 
on April 3rd, she weighed 99 pounds. When they called Barb that night while she was in Rochester, Minnesota, in a hotel and said, Barb, she's got cystic fibrosis. She's got to be admitted to the hospital now. Her lungs are all jacked up. Her body is way, way sick. Barb, she's going to have to be admitted for at least two weeks. So Barb walks out into the hall, and she's calling me, telling me this. She goes, I just walked out, talked to the doctor. Tim, I've got to go tell her. Like, you got to tell her. Praying. I called Kara. I'm crying my eyes out. I'm so hurt. So Barb goes, Hannah, here's what's going on. The doctor just called. It's CF, baby. You're going to be admitted to the hospital. We've got to check out of the hotel and check into the hospital right now. They're going to put a pick line in you. They're going to run it to your heart, and they're going to start to blast you, and you're going to have to do a lot of stuff. But we've got to do everything we can to get you healthy. And Barb said, she tells her. And she said, Hannah, just sit there on the edge of the bed for about a minute and said, Mom, it's doable. Mom, it's doable. It's doable. And I believe in my heart that the Holy Spirit that dwells inside that little girl, I believe she heard the echo and sound. And I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm for you. And if I'm for you, who can be against you? And nothing will separate you from my love. And I'm going to walk with you, Hannah. I'm going to walk with you. And today she weighs about 142 pounds. And she's breathing. And when we checked her into the hospital, she was coughing 24-7. Right, Sandy? What do you see? I see a little sick girl. How do you see it? My buddy Dayton told me, he said, Tim, he said, the picture you sent me when she was a 99 pounds and the picture you sent me a few weeks ago, he said, you know what never changed? I said, what? He said, her smile. I personally have come to the conclusion that I cannot control what happens to me each day. That would probably be a good place for you to land as well. I can't control what happens to me every day, but I control how I think about what happens and how I respond to what happens. I, I've come to realize that I may feel afraid, but I've come to realize I don't have to live in fear. I've come to realize that I may feel angry, but I've come to realize I don't have to live mad. I, I've come to realize that I may feel hurt, but I've come to realize also that I don't have to live as a victim. Because what you see and how you see it will be the game changer. And how you see it will determine whether you live as a victim or whether you walk in victory. You believe I'm able to raise you up and do things in you that will blow your mind for my glory? Do, do I believe personally? How do you see it, Tim? 
I, I see her confronting mind monsters, standing in front of people, only doing an announcements right now, is being those first necessary steps she's going to take because there's about 30,000 people in the U.S., uh, kids and others that suffer from CF. And I personally believe that God is going to raise her up to be a voice to the nation of offering hope and perspective to those who have been diagnosed with such sickness. Did you want to stand in that line? No, but you're in it, baby girl. Let's redeem it. And a lot of us have found ourselves in lines and places we didn't want to be. You're going to let me redeem that space? You're going to let me use it for my glory? Your how will determine your direction in life. My buddy Richard, my buddy Butch, I'm telling you right now, you look at them going, what, what, what's up with them? There's, there's incarcerations, there's addictions, there's bondage, there's all kinds of failures and jacked up stuff. Oh, that's what, what, that, that's what you went through. How do you see them, Tim? I see two brothers yoked up together leading a ministry called Recovery where a lot of other people who are struggling with addiction and bondage and all kinds of sickness are coming in with two other dudes who are just fellow brothers just beggars that found bread saying, I'll walk with you. That's right. We'll walk with you. How do you see them? Oh, control issues? Oh, yeah. Control freaking areas. Divorced? Just abandoned? Yeah. Limping? Yeah, I'm just limping. What's up with you? I see you as our next preschool director. I see you as a next-gen team leader. I see you walking with other girls who have been betrayed and rejected. I see you being used by God, Rachel. And you're so, like, I'm there. I'm faithful. One of my dear sisters, I look at her and it's like, oh, what's your story? Oh, honey, dope head, smoking all kinds of weed, multiple abortions. How you see her? Encourager, prayer warrior, on her knees, on her face, crying out to the Lord for other people. Stop, where are you at today? Where, where are you at today? Oh, you don't know how jacked up I am, man. I've messed it up so bad. God couldn't ever use me. Oh, how big is your God? How big is your God? If he can send a big fish to swallow a rebellious Jonah and spit him back up, how big's your God? If he can open his mouth and create all that we see, the heavens declare the glory of God, how big is your God? God is greater than anything I face. God is greater than any mountain that I must climb. You go, what do you see? I see men and women still here today, abused, rejected, self-consumed, self-protecting, prideful, afraid, hurt, and you're coping, and you're medicating, and you've run the porn route, you've run the sex route, and you've run the alcohol route, and you've run the bitterness route, and you've run the gossip route, and you've run the slander route, and you've run the pride route, and you've tried pretty much everything that you think the world says will help you. 
What do you see? What do you see? But how do you see it? I see people redeemed, forgiven, restored, loving themselves, loving their neighbor, loving people they, they come in contact with, loving those who violated them, praying for those who have slandered and sliced them and hurt them. What do you see? I see a hopeful people. I see a redeemed generation. I see people getting fired up and freed up in Jesus and finally getting loose, refusing to stay stuck. What do you see? It's what I, it's what I see, and that's how I see it. I see their God being greater than anything they'll ever encounter. That, that, that's even the reason this morning for me. I'm like, man, I, I like what we're singing but, but I'm just not sure we're singing it with the right how. I'm like, if the, the Messiah was standing one foot in front of me and extended his arms, and he's the risen, uh, risen king, and he would just say, sing to me and trust me. Oh, it would change my how. But if he's some distant deity that's been raised from the dead that does not have interaction with humanity, I'll just sing a what and go on about my business. But once my how changes. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he's for me. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he's for you. I'm telling you, how you see where you're at today, how you see the people around you, how you see every opportunity that God tees up is crucial. What are you going to do with them? I shared with the guys on Wednesday night. When I flew out to KC the other day, I'm like, okay, there's three things that are going to happen on any given day. It's going to happen to you too. Three things. And how we respond and navigate and handle these things are crucial in life. I just know this from a philosophical standpoint. You're going to have some adversity. You're going to have some uncertainty. Didn't see that one coming. And occasionally you're going to get a little praise or applause. You're going to have that every day. How are you going to respond to it? Bam. Phone rings. About to board the plane to go to Kansas City. Barb goes, we're leaving the doctor's office. I'm like, okay. What's up? Well, Caleb's going to have his third nasal surgery. He's got CF like Hannah, but his manifests more in the, the nose. They're going to have to go way up in his sinuses and cut out these polyps again. Third time. That's adversity. I'm like, wow praying for him get on the plane I'm like I just want to pray for my little dude that hurts I sit down 65 year old white chick 38 year old black chick I'm sitting in the middle this woman looks and goes so are you a Trump fan I'm like a fan Seems you've got some emotion attached to that question. Why would you ask such a question right out of the gate? I usually start with, hi, I'm Tim. <laughs> hi, Tim, I'm Tom. Or I'm David. Hey, David, nice to meet you, buddy. Where are you going? I normally start with like that. And I'm like, so why are you so passionate about that question? Well, I import furniture and uh, 
the tariffs and the taxes has absolutely annihilated us, and I thought I would be able to retire by the time I'm 65, but now I'm going to have to work another three or four years. <laughs> and based on the size of ring on her finger, I didn't say anything. <laughs> this chick over here is talking to somebody on the phone, married for 16 years. I can't help but hear it. I just don't know how I can stay in this marriage any longer. I'm like, well, there you go. A little uncertainty. So you do import furniture, and that's cool. So why are you going to Kansas City? Finally get there. I'm just going to hang out with some friends. So what do you do for a living? A pastor. Oh, you are a Trump fan. Most white evangelicals are Trump fans. <laughs> I said, well, I think the real question is how do you work through the four basic questions that all humanity struggle with. What do you mean by that? Well, how do you answer the question of origin, the question of meaning, morality, and destiny? What is your worldview when it comes to dealing with those four questions? I'm not going to talk to you about tax. I'm not talking about who's in the White House, the outhouse, or the schoolhouse. I would just want to talk to you about where you're at in your worldview. So we get into this conversation. So I start talking to this chick right after we land, and I said, I overheard your conversation. I'm sorry. Life is kind of turbulent for you. I've been doing some stuff on manhood, you know, and, and a lot of guys get stranded, get stranded in adolescence and they struggle. And I said, guys are starving for direction. I said, I just got through doing some teaching. She goes, would you send them to me? I said, Give, just shoot me an email. I'll send them. She shot me an email before I got off the plane. I sent her some of these videos and teachings I've been doing. I'm like, well, adversity. Caleb, back up your nostrils, bro uncertainty. Mm, that was interesting. Praise. Pick up the rental car. As soon as I get on the road, Benji, my son calls me and he goes, hey dad, that message you did on Proverbs 31, those five or six guys that are in my Bible study that came, man, they loved that. I just wanted to call and encourage you, dad. Now follow me. Follow me. Your circumstances, where you're at in life right now, I promise you, you're going to have adversity. Things are going to come against you. Things are going to hurt. There's going to be uncertainty. I didn't have that one scripted. And then you're going to get a little bit of praise. How you see it is going to determine how you land and what you do with your life. See, because I'm surrendered to Christ, <clears throat> and believe me, there's a lot of mistakes and stumbling along the path. But in these 12,400 days, <clears throat> I can promise you, I believe that God is in me. I believe that the Holy Spirit is stronger than anything that I face. I believe that Jesus is at the right hand making intercession for me. I believe that the Father loves me. I believe that where I'm going transcends anything I'll ever experience here. And I believe that somehow God is still wanting to include me and use me for his glory with wherever I might find myself in any given moment. Let's walk it out. How do you see it? See, it starts, I promise you, with surrender. With violently repenting of sin and totally yielding and surrendering to the Lordship of Christ, he will change in your perspective. He will change your vision. He will remove the blurriness. And he will give you eyes to see like he sees, faith to live according to his design, endurance, encouragement, and he'll say, 
keep pressing in. Thank you so much for watching the message today. We hope that this message inspired you and challenged you as you watched it. I encourage you to check out our website. It's thecrossloganville.org. There's a lot of information about our church there uh, that maybe can help you answer some questions about who we are. And don't forget that on our website, we have old messages and archived series. So you can spend a lot of time there learning and exploring. If you have any questions, you can contact us via the web or you could call us at the church at 770-554-3322. Thanks again for watching.